God bless you, everyone. Thank you for being here and joining us at Word of Life, Grand Ledge. You could be anywhere, but you made it to the right place. You made it to the right place. Um, repeat after me. Say, I am somebody. I am a warrior. Therefore, I am victorious. And that's because I am a child of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Y'all got to um, pray over your homes, y'all. Pray over your homes. Uh, the enemy the enemy's trying to come hard and, 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 and stop us uh, from going out. The, the fear of everything and... and, and the fear of coming to church, and so you you gotta you gotta you gotta anoint your homes, anoint your homes with oil. You never done it, do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, do it again, do it again. Uh, do not give the enemy any type of foothold in your homes. Amen. <clears throat> Today is um, Super Bowl Sunday. Um. They call it the NFL, the Net, the National Fixed League. Um, but I'm gonna give you a little, a little humor. There was a man named Bud Wilkinson. He was a famous football coach. He was once asked, "What contribution does professional sports make to the physical fitness of Americans?" To no one, somebody already laughed. To no one's surprise, he answered, very little. A professional football game, he said, is a happening where 50,000 spectators desperately needing exercise sit in the stands while watching 22 men on the field desperately needing rest. We are, we are continuing our um, sermon series. If you're asking who's going to win, you already know who's going to win. It's rigged. Everybody's like, I don't even care if the Lions ain't in. Okay, I won't even say who's going to win then. We're continuing our sermon series, Love More. Amen? Love More. How many got anything out of this last week? Um, love More. But for some, this is a hard topic, correct? Um, because we don't really understand the true meaning of the word love. Love is so many different things to us, right? We, we just throw it out there. I love this or I love that. Or, and, and we don't take the true meaning of love. I said it on last week. Before you can truly love more, we need to begin to what? Love ourselves. We need to begin to love ourselves. And I'm not talking about uh, just think about me all the time kind of love. I I'm talking about you got to really learn to love yourself. Amen. You got to really learn to love yourself. This week is great uh, because it's uh, also what? Spread the love week, but it's Valentine's Day as well. Amen. Okay. And, and so um, some of us think we know what love is, but we're going we're gonna to learn to love more. For some of us, uh, the word love is is a foreign word. It's a foreign word. It's a foreign word. 
Some of us probably have never even heard our partners, our spouses, uh, um, our friends use the word love. Don't raise your hand if you've never heard. Some people don't know how to use the word love. You, you, you don't know what it is. It's a foreign word to you. I never heard that growing up, man. So don't tell me stuff like that. <laughs> For some of us, love is a foreign word. We didn't grow up hearing it, <clears throat> and we don't know how to express it. Today, I need you to understand that you are loved. Look to your neighbor and say, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And no matter how much you've done, can I say that? No matter how many knuckleheaded things you've done, right? I need you to know that nothing can separate you and I from the love of God. I know sometimes it feels like it because we've done some pretty dumb things. Amen. But nothing can separate you and I from the love of God. And so today's sermon is, don't run from his love. Don't run from his love. Amen? A lot of times we run from his love because we don't understand it. We run from his love because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't understand how to, how to accept it. Some of us don't know how to love God. Or others, because we never knew it growing up. Maybe you can't see God as a heavenly father because of what your earthly father was. Maybe you can't see God as a heavenly father because of who your earthly father is. Let me understand what I'm saying. And so it's hard to understand a loving God, a heavenly father, an Abba father, Jesus often referred to God as Abba, which means dearest father, dearest father, Abba father. He would, he would call him, you know, you know, let me understand that kind of respect, you know. That was one of the things we, we grew up is, is when you went into a house, when you went into a home, what did you do? You went and you said hi to the people in the house and you, you hugged them, kissed them and hey, bless you and Today, today we don't understand that. We don't know what that is to, to go in and greet, just do our own thing and, and forget about everybody. Say, hello, you just got home, right? My chopped liver? Where's my hug? Where's my love? Today, some of us may not feel that way, though, because you've experienced an absent father. You've experienced maybe an even abusive father. And this is not just father. I'm just, I mean, you, growing up, you might have heard things and, and you might have felt some things and, and you might have saw some things. And, and so because of this, some might have difficulty accepting the role of God as their father. Amen. As a positive thing, because they have not known that love of a faithful earthly father. You will not be able to receive healing, now check this out, from an, an abusive father or an absent father as long as there is unforgiveness in your life. Can I, can I say that again? You will not receive healing and know your true heavenly father if you continue to harbor what has happened to you here on earth. And I'm going to let you know something. Men and women are going to fail you. Okay? The only one who will not fail us is our Heavenly Father. 
But we can't truly get that genuine love from our Heavenly Father until we release the things that happen here on earth. Knowing the love and the presence of a Heavenly Father will be what helps you to forgive and forget the past. Amen? If you have your Bibles, 1 Peter 4, verse 8. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. Amen? When you got it, give me a good amen. It says, and above all things, have fervent love, I'm going to say love, for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. For love will cover a multitude of sins, regardless of what others have done to you. I need you to love more. I know that's hard. I know that's hard to forgive. I know that's hard to forget. But the Bible tells us that love will cover a multitude of sins. Love is what can cover our sins. Not running from them. Not running from them. Listen, man, it's crazy. Because how many know when somebody's done something wrong? Because they try to run away from me or they don't want to. Remember that growing, you know, how many had kids and you knew when they did something bad because they didn't want to talk to you. They'd run. They'd hide. They'd hide. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. And how many know we do the same thing with God? We do the same thing with God. Well, I'm just not going to go to church this week. What? Why? Why, did, why don't you want to go? What did you do? <laughs> right? We, we, we tend to hide and run from God. But can I tell you, stop running. Let's stop hiding. When we know we're in the wrong, and let's start running to the Father instead of from the Father. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he what? He chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. When you view your heavenly Father as one who gets mad or just disciplines you when you're bad, you may want to run away from him like you're in trouble, right? You should be running into his loving arms instead of running away. I get it. The Bible says, for, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. In other words, he disciplines. In other words, he corrects. And so you're running away from God, but I'm going to tell you what. You need to run to him because all he's going to do is set you straight. All he's going to do is help you so you don't make the same mistake again. How many understand what I'm saying? You may see discipline as hurtful, unnecessary, beating, an unnecessary beating instead of a loving, stern hand of guidance. But God is here to guide you. He's here to lead you. He's here to help you. Okay? So when we make mistakes, man, we need to run to him, not from him. Our Heavenly Father disciplines us out of love. Can I say that? He loves us. That's why He disciplines us. Yeah. Yeah. I love my kids and I, and I discipline them. Why? Because I want them to do what's right. I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want them to get hurt. And so what do I do? I discipline them and show them. But it's out of love. It's to help. It's not to hurt. 
How many understand what I'm saying? And so when we are in trouble or when we mess up, don't hide from him. Instead, run to him. The reality is he doesn't want to punish us when we do wrong. He simply wants to discipline us when we do wrong, to help us grow, to learn from our mistakes. Amen? How many know we all still make mistakes? Okay. So if we all know we still make mistakes, it's okay to have God help us through them. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. See, he teaches us so we don't make the same mistakes again. How many are still making that same mistake you did 20 years ago? Come on, somebody. Don't raise your hand. 30 years ago and you're still doing it. Genesis 3.8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, uh-oh, in the cool of the day, who, who's, who are we talking about? Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So here we got Adam and Eve, what are they doing? Why are they hiding? They messed up. And this is what we do. We don't see people for a while. And then we don't see you at all. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, where are you? Verse 10, and so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Hello. Are you doing what you're not supposed to be doing? Do you continue to go back to the same old things that I told you don't do in the first place? And this is why, this is why now we got to hide from God because we feel like we're not good enough. We feel like we're not. And so what are we doing? We begin to run from him. Stop running from him. Run to him in the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, it's a natural reaction to be afraid and want to hide when you do wrong, right? First thing, my, my kids, they'll sit there and they'll break something or they'll throw something or they'll do something. And what they, what's, what's he do afterwards? He goes, run. I don't know. He's, gonna, he's got a good arm on him right now. He's just chucking things. But when he does it and he knows he did wrong, He's running, hiding. He doesn't want to get caught. Why? He knows he messed up. How many understand what I'm saying? And this is us. This is us. We run from God. Adam and Eve knew they were wrong. They knew what they did. But see, God's love wants to help you even when you mess up. God said, what happened? Talk to me. What's up? What's wrong? course they're going to pay for their consequences they're going to pay for their sin but uh but still that doesn't stop the love that he has for them come on somebody help me understand that now don't get me wrong he's a loving god but he's also a wrathful god and so they had to pay for the consequence and he threw them out of the garden he doesn't want you to just keep living in your mess he will forgive you but there's 
also consequences to your sin that you may have to pay, maybe even for generations to come. You're setting things up for your babies and your baby's babies. That's why it's important for you to get a hold of these things right here, right now. He's the lion and the lamb. Let me understand that. He's the lion and the lamb. It might not make sense, but he loves you enough to discipline you and have open arms when you mess up. Still love on you. He's like, ah, Alfred, what'd you do now, son? Come on. Come on, but I still love you. But let me teach you so you don't have to do this again. Let, let me walk you through. Let me, let me understand. Let me, come on, he's a loving God. Matthew 18.10. Matthew 18.10. It says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man comes to save that which was lost. Come on, somebody. God loves you so much. Which do you think? If a man, verse 12, has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over the sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Even so it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Listen, he don't want you leaving. He don't want you running. The Bible lets us know that he loves us so much that regardless of what you've done, no matter what, you're a knuckleheaded sheep that didn't stay with the pastor, he'll still go after you. Amen? That's the love of God. That's the love he has for you and for me. Come on, somebody. Meaning he loves you so much, he'll go out and find you. He'll go out and grab you in the middle of whatever it is, in the middle of your mess. Ooh, that's good right there. In the middle of your mess, God will go out and grab you, go out and find you because he loves you. And I get it. You want to run from him because you know you've done wrong. But I'm telling you today, that's the wrong thing to do. I've seen too many people leave this church because they, they didn't want to be seen. I messed up. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. God's love is unlimited. Amen? God's love is everlasting. God's love is unconditional. God's love is so vast, so deep, we can't even comprehend it. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not even yourself. Amen? Because we can mess some things up on our own, ain't it? God loves you so much. Romans 8.1. Come on. Go with me to Romans 8.1. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Come on, somebody. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. For what the law could not do, verse 3, in that it was weak, through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Amen. What is your mind on today? What is your mind on today? Whatever it is, that's what you love. What's your mind on today? Whatever it is, that's what you love. Our minds go somewhere majority of the time. How many, how many know that? And wherever that is, that's what you love. And so if, you, if it's the flesh, then it's on fleshly things. If it's the Spirit, then it's on the Holy Spirit. What is it that is on your mind today? See, the problem is we're feeding the flesh more than we feed the Spirit. And we wonder why it's hard to love. Love God, love people, love ourselves. We wonder why it's hard because our, our minds feed the flesh more than we feed the Spirit. And so when we walk, I mean, so when we speak on mo love more, I'm not talking about your love for the things of this world. I'm talking about your love for God and the people of God. Amen? Verse 6 says this, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. The enemy wants us to be what? Carnally minded. Instead of spiritually minded, which leads to what? Life and peace. And so we wonder why we're struggling at home. We wonder why things are not where they need to be. It's because you're not in tune with God. Your mind is on the things of the flesh. And so if you remain in the things of the flesh, that leads to what it says? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so if there's no peace in the home, where's our mind? Amen? Verse 7. Verse 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity with, against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, verse 8, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When we remain in the flesh, when we remain in unforgiveness, when we remain in love with the things of this world, we do not please God. We do not please God.
But you, verse 9, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if, verse 10, Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. We need to stop listening to the flesh. Look to your neighbor and say, stop listening to the flesh. You owe the flesh nothing. You owe the flesh nothing. Can I say, it says we are debtors, right? We are debtors not to the flesh. But then how can we feel like we owe the flesh everything? Sometimes we even think, well, I earned it. I earned it. So I get to do what I want to do because I, I've had a long 50-hour week work. Come on, somebody. Help me understand what I'm saying. We owe, the, we owe the flesh nothing. Nothing. So we don't have to live according to the flesh. We need to stop listening to the flesh and allowing it to control us and to control our view of who God is. Verse 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you would die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not, verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, come on somebody, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Dearest Father, come on somebody, I love how it all comes together. Regardless of the past, I challenge you to move forward today. Regardless of what you might feel, regardless of how hard it is to love, I'm challenging you to love again, amen? Or, or love for the first time if you, ain't, you have never loved before. Listen, listen, listen. You and I are adopted into the family of Christ. That's what the Bible tells you, okay? So I know some of us, are, we sit there and we feel like we're not included anywhere. We feel like we're not welcomed anywhere. And we don't feel the love of God anywhere. Listen, this is the love of God. Your family here today, this is the love of God. This is love, amen? That's why I love my church family. I love Word of Life. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you I love it. A lot of you are closer than actual family. Even if you don't or didn't have a relationship with your earthly father, we can all call upon our Abba Father, amen, who loves us unconditionally. And if you don't know how to love on God, man, let me, I, listen, we spend the day with me, we'll, I'll show you how to love on God. I love it. I love to love. Amen. 
I'm a lover, not a fighter. Amen. I will fight on something. But verse 16, coming to a close. Come on, somebody. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You're loved. You're included. You're a child of God. You're an heir to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Gold and silver. It's all yours. I don't know about you, but I don't lack. I don't lack. I don't lack. I might not get everything I want, but I got everything I need. Amen? Come on. We're heirs to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Man, you're, you, 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 the Bible says you and I are children of him. And you might have grown, grown up and heard different. You're good for nothing. You're a low life. Why don't you get up and do something with yourself? You might, you might have grown up and, and heard these things. He's a loving God that he wants to help you and be there for you. He loves you and me so much that he gave his only son to die for us, y'all. He's a father that is near. He's a father that corrects. He's a father that guides. He's a father that wants to see you succeed. Bow your head and close your eyes. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today, if you're here or if you're watching and you say, that's me, I need to ask for forgiveness of my sins. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here and or maybe you're watching. You say, that's me. I've been running from God. I've been running. I've been running. I've been running. <clears throat> and then I go back and then I run again. And then I go back and then I run again. And God wants you to stop running. God wants you to stay put. So if you're watching this and you said, that's me. You answered yeah to any of these. Or maybe you're feeling something. You're sick. You're out there. And you need to prayer for any of these things. I'm going to pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you and I pray for those watching. I pray that God, they would remove all sin from their life. That God, they would accept you as Lord and Savior. They would accept you in their hearts. And I pray that on today, Father God, they would accept, be, they would believe, see, they would change. Change their ways, change their thoughts, change their actions. Father God, I pray, Lord, if there's anybody out there that says, Man, I want to stop running. God, I pray that you would meet them right where they're at. I pray that, God, you would change their minds. That, Lord, they would understand that you're not just a God who wants to uh, discipline, but you're a God who loves us. And so, therefore, you will discipline. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, right now, if they are out there, Father God, not feeling well or Whatever they may need prayer for, God, we, we, we 
right now say, have your way in him in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray these things. Amen.